should we get this thing started? Thank you for tuning in to Muse by Mariah, the podcast, where we dive deep into discussing mind, body, and soul. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Muse by Mariah, the podcast. I have a very special guest today that I am so excited to introduce. You guys may know him. He's done a few articles for my website already. And that is creative writer Shane Nolan. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hey. How are you doing today? Actually doing really well. I'm excited. Yeah. This is very exciting. Mm-hmm. So the topic for today's episode, we're going to discuss a little bit deeper about his featured article under the mind slash soul section, all three of me. So can you just give us a little summary for the people who have not gotten a chance to read it yet? Sure. So... To sum up the article as quickly as I possibly can to give you like that, um, the little blurb or whatever they call it in the mm-hmm. literary industry. I don't even know. I hear so many different words for it. But like a little blurb would be like one to two sentences of what this whole thing is about. So I would say that the entire article is really just about self-reflection where it's about looking at the negative, you know, then looking at the current stuff, like what you're literally doing, what you're literally going through, whether it's professional or personal or aspirational, you know, whatever. And then looking into the future, right? The spin that I give it is the one that works best for me in the way I think about things. So I give it three different names where it's not simply past, present, and future. I give three names of the nightmare, the current, and the dream and the then the article just breaks down the way I view you know three sides to stuff whether like I said it's professional personal whatever I look at it as the nightmare the current and the dream mm-hmm. yeah. so would you say people who do get the chance to read it that they kind of have their own perce- perspective on it because obviously each face that we have mm-hmm. it's unique to us not everyone is going to go through the same thing yeah. ever So you have to kind of just have an open mind when you read it. Yeah, that's kind of the hope too, where it's specific enough that -hmm. you pull meaning from it, but it's not too specific that it might alienate people who can't pull the meaning immediately. Right. So Perfect. So my next question that I have for you Mm -hmm. is in one paragraph, you stated, I realize that every person bears three faces, three Mm -hmm. personalities, and three selves. So I was, not that I was confused, but would you say that people are able to experience all three faces like in a one day span or one week span? Or would you say that it's more of phases that we go through in our lives? That would be honestly on that, like how the person's mind works. For me, I can do both of those where Mm -hmm. I would definitely experience three of, you know, all three sides in one day. I might wake up feeling like this is the dream yeah and then I start going into the current (laughs) yeah and then I start hitting that nightmare where like all my whole hope for the day just goes out the window Mm -hmm. I might like just say summer vacation right right now right Mm -hmm. borrow my mom's car because I'm visiting and I'll drive out I'm like I'm a writer today (laughs) I really am a writer today 
get to the cafe or get wherever I can get my head straight. Mm-hmm. And then nothing comes <laughs> out. Block. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So you can do it that way. Or if you want to look at it on a wider perspective where, you know, just using another writer example, where if I'm writing, a, if I'm doing a long project, right. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, it doesn't have to be in order of, it has to be the nightmare, then the current, then the dream. It could be the dream, the current, the nightmare. It could be the nightmare, dream, current, whatever it is. It's just yeah. whenever you sit down to focus on and self-reflect on yourself and what you're doing, that's when you start to go, okay, so let me put this little puzzle together. Where am I at? Or what am I closer to? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to, like I was saying, like a, a longer project, I might be in a really dark spot and I feel that urge to start writing or start doing something, but I, but I really am in a dark mood and it's been for a while. So I might start as the mm-hmm. nightmare. I might then be able to flow into, okay, now more positive things are happening. I'm pushing out some work. I'm, I'm getting toward where I want to be. Let me sit down and self-reflect again. Am I still close to the nightmare mm-hmm. or am I closer to the dream? So that could be over a couple of weeks. It really depends how you want to. Both too. Yeah. Now that you're saying it like that, I was thinking like the other day, Mm -hmm. I was driving in the morning. I had an amazing morning, got up, had my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. And tell me how I was driving. And I don't know if you've seen that construction they're doing in Curious Joel. I haven't gone over there yet. It's insane. Mm -hmm. But I'm driving around the bend on the road. And in the middle of the street is this giant pipe, supposedly as a trailer wheel. I don't know what the fuck that is. Okay. But the cars in front of me went over it, no problem. So my ass went over it. And it. (laughs) I thought my car was going to explode. And in Mm -hmm. two seconds, my day just went downhill. I started hearing. And I was like, here we go. How much money is this going to be? Mm-hmm. And I went home after that and I just, I was like, don't talk to me. I was like, I don't even want to know <laughs> anything that's happening. Cause my stepdad was like, I'm going to take a look at it when I get home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my day was just ruined. It went from like, ah, everything's so great. Like yeah. this is just a great day to like, I want to fucking kill myself right now. Yeah. Cause I'm about to spend a hundred, hundreds of dollars to fix whatever is wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So- but then I think of another, sorry to cut you off. No. But then I also think of a time where I was in a really shitty place in my life. Like mm-hmm. every day I woke up and it was just horrible. Mm-hmm. And I would consider that my nightmare. And even though yeah. I have my bad days now, it's not where I was then. Yeah. So I feel like I'm always one up. Even like you said on your scale, like those bad days mm-hmm. don't go down to, what was it, zero? You said the nightmare yeah. was? Yeah. Don't zero go down percent zero. of who you want to be. Okay. On that day, in that moment, for that year, whatever you want to look at it as. Okay. Gotcha. So if you're doing it on a daily basis, you wake up every morning as the current, mm-hmm. right? This is who I am. This is what I am. You know, you, you obviously like you're not your profession. You're not your clothes. You're not all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You are what you feel you are. Okay. So yeah, there, I mean, there is that phrase or that very famous line, uh, you know, dress for the job you want. Yeah. You're not going to go. No, I can wear sweatpants and still get the job I want. My point. So (laughs) it's not exactly um, boiled down to a science of if you want to be a writer, go out and buy a a cardigan with pads on the elbows. Right. Like you're not you don't have (laughs) to go and wear things like that. Yeah. You know, if you want to be an English teacher, even though I have it, you don't have to grow your hair out and have a beard. Like you don't have to do those things. You can look any way you want, Mm -hmm. which is actually the thing that kind of sparked the name of a lot of 
the stuff that I write. So my poetry album is called, well, actually my albums are basically just called The Other Side. And then I have volume one or volume two, or if I want to put a nice subtitle where that really um, breaks down or, or gives like at least some insight into what you're about to read. The reason why I call it the other side is because I, I, in college, right? My first two years, um, I never met this person. Zero idea of who this person was, but I had been submitting my, uh, my poetry to the school newspaper for two years straight now. All right. Shane R. Nolan. That's it. Mm-hmm. Just I, I don't know why the person never looked me up, never did anything. Right. So I've been submitting my work to the editor and then I walk into an English class. Right. And I'm sitting down. I'm in my football gear. Uh, well, not wearing the helmet and stuff, but I'm in like I got like the sweater on and I have I my sweat. Say you went into class like full <laughs> shoulder pads. Ready to tackle the day. Oh <laughs> no, um, I was I was wearing like my my hoodie and I had on I think it was shorts or sweatpants. But either way, I looked like a total jock mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there and it's the first day. So the guy is going through the role mm-hmm. and he's calling names. And me and the editor just happened to have names that were back to back. I think I think her last name was an M and mine's an N. Mm-hmm. So she gets her name called and then he calls my name and I just very calmly go, here, just like that. Oh, same voice and everything. I, mm-hmm. I remember this day so vividly. I just go, here, just like that. And she goes, fuck no. <laughs> in the middle of class, in front of everybody. And I like, I shudder. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Why? why'd you do this to me (laughs) like and she goes that's not you you're not him I was like what do you mean and she goes no way you're you play sport like you're football you this you that she started like rattling things off and now the now the teacher is like sir if you're not supposed to be in this class like he started going (laughs) through that and I had to take out my ID and literally show him my school ID this is my face and this is my name yeah so um, I started naming things the other side because this is the other side of me that not a lot of people see. The writer right? side. Yeah, the writer mm-hmm. side. So um, for, for me in that moment, I, like, so that would be like, okay, I wake up, like you were talking about, how you were doing it on your day, right? Yeah. Um, you wake up, you were in your current. Your current is always when you go and you self-reflect, okay? That's who you are in that moment. So if you wanted to use it day by day, month by month, year by year, yeah, you it doesn't matter could. at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely could. My next question. So you had referenced that the dream is your best self, mm-hmm. but you didn't reference that the nightmare is your worst self. Mm-hmm. So would you consider it your worst self? I would say the nightmare is the worst version you can see yourself becoming. Not that you may ever actually achieve that. In the mm-hmm. same way, you may never achieve the dream you've set out for, right? Like, at 15, I never thought I would be an English teacher, right? I yeah. didn't think that. But now at 29, this is a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. And my dream self is not to remain in high school or anything, but my dream self as a teacher would be to officially become a college professor. I would love to teach creative writing. That's a dream for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I have my nightmare and dream self for my relationships. Right. Okay. Yes. Where, where the dream would be 
a good dad, a fit dad, meaning like I don't want to be unhealthy. I want to be around for a very long time. You want a dad bod. You want a sexy dad bod. (laughs) (laughs) I'll... I'll take either or, but I just mean I don't want to be unhealthy to the point where my health is at risk. Yes. Like So yes, unhealthy health at risk. But I mean like you're actually at risk where like maybe your heart is now calcifying in a way or mm-hmm. maybe not calcifying, but you know what I mean? So that the dream self would be, you know, a, a healthy, good dad that the kids, you know, you might butt heads sometimes, but uh, you know, there's love in the house. Mm-hmm. There's two to three of them. We've got minimal money issues, right? I'm providing and my wife is able to provide as well or whatever the case may be, right? Mm -hmm. So then the dream, uh, I'm sorry, then the nightmare would be the total opposite. Well, I'm not in the house. I'm not very healthy, whether it's physically or mentally, Mm -hmm. right? My kids are struggling if I have kids at all. Like, so you can have multiple dreams and multiple nightmares you know like i said there's different facets Mm -hmm. of everyone's life so however you want to look at it look at it from that lens but to summarize the whole article you should be able to self-reflect well enough to be able to look at it right in that regard so if it helps you personally mariah to Mm -hmm. look at it as the nightmare is the the worst version of me and that encompasses everything meaning relationship professional all that sure if you can wrap your head around yeah, that it's like a, a brief summary on mm-hmm. how to explain it but then you can yeah. say that it pertains to certain points in your life certain aspects mm-hmm. in exactly. a more specific manner i really. need it to be more specific yes other people don't yes so, i get what you're saying yeah 100 my next question mm-hmm. is any advice for someone who is currently stuck in the nightmare oh I feel like you can never see the light at the end of the tunnel when you're in mm-hmm. that kind of stage in your life, no matter what it is. I think, I think positive framing is actually really helpful. Mm-hmm. So, so when I do answer questions, even if I have like a student asking me a question, oftentimes if you know your content, your first instinct is, is usually a really good answer. Okay. It might not be the perfect one. It might not even be the best one for the moment, but it's usually a, a solid enough answer. It's a strong answer. So I do think that if you are in the nightmare and you're having a really hard time getting out of what you're believing to be your nightmare, positive framing can really help you where it's like, I'm not published or I'm, you know, people aren't listening or whatever, you know, you can still remind yourself that I might not be published, but Mm -hmm. I am still writing. I am still breathing. There is food in the fridge. There is food in the cupboard. You know, I'm not in a total shithole. It could be worse. I could have mud floors. Like positive framing and then actually, you know, just again, self-reflection, looking at what your situation really is. A lot of times that can give you, even if it's a very tiny, tiny spark, spark enough. I know it's people, like for me, for example, if I feel like there's something heavy weighing on my mind, even during that time, I never considered myself a writer, but it's funny. I had a job interview mm-hmm. the like two weeks ago and they were like, oh, so would you consider yourself a writer? You're comfortable with writing because you have a blog. And I'm in my mm-hmm. head, I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, yeah, I guess I would be. Yeah. But for people who don't feel like they're comfortable writing, because I feel like journal prompts are such 
an easy way to reflect yeah. on your day your or whatever. five dollar books at barnes and noble yeah that, like that go hey write about this right yeah now. which or, is easy because people don't know where to start mm -hmm. but for people who like don't feel comfortable mm -hmm. writing or don't know where to begin and they yeah. don't want to get a journal like what would you say like talking to themselves in the mirror write for yourself okay yeah so if you're not comfortable with writing talking might not help because it's not writing so write for yourself one of the most famous and i'm sure any fan of poetry like actual mm -hmm. almost not maybe not even like an avid fan but any like genuine fan of poetry knows the name elizabeth bishop and she was one of those i don't want to talk to anyone deal with anyone i don't want anything published nothing i write for me and then i believe it was like in her will she had put do not publish my stuff, <laughs> like mm -hmm. something like that. And her family goes, this is too good. She has a chest, like a big trunk full of thousands of wonderful poems. So she never left that mindset. She was always stuck in, I am writing for me. This is for no one else. Mm -hmm. So if I am with one of my students, I will literally say, Take the Elizabeth Bishop approach. Write for yourself until you're comfortable showing other people. Make it all about you. What you want to put down, what you want to talk about. Use your own topics. Mm -hmm. If you write about the same topic a hundred times, who cares? Not, they're not going to be the same thing. You know, there's, there's almost no possible way that if you're allowing yourself to think freely, you're going to write down the exact same words a hundred times in a row. It's going to be slightly different every time. Like how many love yeah. songs there are in the world, right? Yeah. They're all many. different in their own way though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's the same thing. You write 10 words or you write a thousand words or 10, you know, whatever. Yeah. I Get something like down. The journals, because they're mm -hmm. like becoming so much more popular. Even like planners with like write down yes. your daily affirmation, yes. write down whatever. I think those are a really good start. Yeah. But consistency is key. Oh, absolutely. That is something I lack mm -hmm. majorly is consistency. Schedule yourself then. Believe me, I am on top of my calendar, but then mm -hmm. there's just days like I have it up on my phone here. So it shows me everything that I need <laughs> yeah, to do. You, you really do. Yeah. So I can't forget. And I'm yeah. a time management freak. Like mm -hmm. I plan my life out to a T, which has yeah. its pros and its cons. But then when it comes to like, oh, on Monday, I'm going to start waking up at six mm -hmm. and I'm going to meditate for five to 10 minutes and then I'll start my day. And then when it comes to Monday at six, I'm like, no, I want to sleep for like another two hours. And then here I am. I woke up at 830 today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think it's over time, especially I used to wake up at like 10, 11 mm -hmm. noon sometimes. Yeah. Now I'm like a consistent 7 a.m. waker upper. Yeah. So I just got to get to that 6 a.m. waker upper. And then I feel like <laughs> I can start that consistency well, once I'm used to getting up at that time. Well, what's the difference between 6 and 7 a.m.? Uh, you know, it's funny because every time I wake up, I think of your article, the... 10 oh, minute one. Yeah, yeah. I always think of that because I have an alarm set for 6.30 and mm -hmm. 6.50 and I always snooze the 631 and get up at 650. And I'm like, okay. what's the point? It's mm -hmm. 20 minute difference when I yeah. could have got up at 630 and now I'm rushing. I could have done like a whole skincare thing. Yeah. And I always think about your article. I'm like, Shane would be so disappointed in me if he knew that <laughs> all, I'm like all contemplating I would say, this right now. <laughs> all I would say is like, so if you want to be up at 630, but you snooze to 650, 
set your clock for six o'clock or six ten. So that's the one you snooze because your the routine you have is not um is not I'm a six fifty waker upper. My mm-hmm. body knows I'm a six fifty waker upper. No, what your body knows is I'm a one time snoozer, not a six fifty waker upper. So if your body knows you're a one time snoozer, set the time back a little bit. So if you do snooze that that one time and your body goes, oh yeah, that was my first snooze. I'm going to wake up really quickly now. Mm -hmm. Now you're up at 6.30. I mean, I don't don't know if it's a perfect like little fix, but. I know, it's somewhere to start. Yeah. Like if you were to get rid of all clocks, you would wake up when your body says it's time to wake up. I think about this all the time. The time is an illusion. Yeah. It's man-made, industrial. It's just crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. It gives people structure. So use it in that exact regard. Yeah. I think I got to try that because I've been telling myself so long. I'm actually, I want to make my own planner and mm-hmm. start selling it. Cause I can make it through like my marketing tools yeah. that I use mm-hmm. of one of those daily planners where you can write your goals and whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like, yeah, I have it in my phone, but I think it would be more beneficial if I write it out instead of typing sure. it into my phone. I mean, you know? th- there's writers that, that say they're writing and typing are not the same thing. The They're physical not. act of I, sitting yes. and writing it down involves way more, maybe not way more muscles, but like it is a very intimate act. Yes. So you're going to remember it more, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like holding hands versus kissing someone for the first time. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, when you're a little kid, you can hold hands, but when you're a little kid, you're probably not going to or shouldn't, you know, yeah. kiss somebody. Right. So, but when you start, it, it's just way more int- intimate. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you don't get as sidetracked. If I'm on my phone and I'm typing something and then I get a notification exactly. and then I go to that and I'm like, mm-hmm. what was I doing? And 30 minutes forget. later. Yeah. <laughs> 30 minutes later, I'm scrolling through TikToks. <laughs> yes. Oh, I won't even download that. Oh, don't. It's an addiction. Uh-huh. It's very bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, my next question mm-hmm. is, so being in the current is the most difficult, I would say, mm. out of the three phases. From my perspective and my opinion after reading it, mm-hmm. it's the stage where you know you've made accomplishments, mm-hmm. but you're still far from the goals that you want to achieve. Yeah, It's easily to think negatively and to reflect when you're in this stage. Not mm-hmm. saying that everyone thinks negative all the time, but it's yeah. easy to do so. So how do you feel as your current stage? Do you agree with that? That's like my perspective on it. Well, there's two ways to look at it. All right. And as you were saying that, both of them, I was like, oh, so this could be mm-hmm. like I can really frame this negatively mm-hmm. or I can really frame it positively. <laughs> but thinking that brought me back to remember to positively frame things. All right. Remember that when you set yourself goals, your dream doesn't have to be a fixed point. Okay, your nightmare doesn't have to be a fixed point. So if you, like you were saying before, if you wanted to do it day by day, six hours by six hours, whatever, yeah. whatever you want, the, the current is something you can't escape. And what I mean by that is you, you're always who you are. You're always your current self. So your aspirations are usually in the future. Your, um, your nightmare obviously is also in the future, but it's, you know, they're, they're two different beasts. So the point is, is you, you are always your current and you can look at it one of two ways where you know the current is the flow that you're in or it's the current person you are so the the question asks exactly what again yeah like how you feel in your current self yeah okay so if you 
don't feel like you've accomplished enough, a way to positively frame it to, to allow yourself to realize that, okay, the current that I am is closer to the dream is to be like, well, how much of what I set out to do did I finish? If you're one of those people that goes, I didn't finish 100%, therefore, closer to the nightmare. Mm-hmm. That would really set you up for a lot of failure, okay? Really look at it from a realistic point of view. If you say, I'm going to sit down and do these five things today. You only get through four. Well, that's 80% of what you wanted to do. So that's pretty damn close to 100%. Mm -hmm. All right. You could look at it that way or you could be like, I only did 80%. If this was school, I have a C average. You can look at it that way. I would just say, you know, I don't know exactly. It's a hard question. You know, another question came up while you were talking about it. I feel like, yes, this is an internal battle, but Mm -hmm. a lot of people deal with it externally, meaning the people who they surround themselves with. Social media, they see. Are the ones who put the value? No, who can think in the negative more. If you're looking at social media constantly and like, for example, I saw a girl who I went to school with and she was like, I got my dream job and I got my uh, dream apartment in New York City. I'm like... Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm super happy for her, but I'm like, fuck, why am I not there yet? Oh, you get okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. When you constantly see that on mm-hmm. these platforms and then it makes you feel bad about yourself. Like, oh, I'm post-grad, mm-hmm. just got my bachelor's and I'm unemployed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a fabulous life I'm living. So it's like hard <laughs> to think positively sometimes, no matter mm-hmm. how many times you try to do your positive reinforcement. Well, then that's that self-reflection side of it. Where you would look at it and go, well, how many postgrads are not doing as much as I'm doing when they don't have a job? I know. I do think about that sometimes. But then it's yeah. like the negative thought just well, creeps in. Well, that's okay. <laughs> negative thoughts. like So how do you ever succeed at something if you don't fear failing? Okay? Don't be like afraid to fail. Right? But if, you, if you're like, ah, well, you know, if I fail, I fail. Whatever. Moving on. Yeah. Well, then how much drive are you 100% going to have toward achieving whatever you're trying to achieve? It almost seems like you have no ambition toward doing something. You just kind of chose it to be like, Hey, I'm going to do something. Right. So, and this is going to, this is going to sound silly, but in Batman, (laughs) (laughs) one of the things, um, dark Knight rises. Okay. So I saw that one. The last of the Christopher. I've never seen any of the ones before, like the two thousands. Oh, that's okay. Those are like old and boring. Not going to lie. You're slightly, slightly (laughs) i like christian bale too oh okay well good (laughs) right so so it was when watching that movie i actually had the the realization that like you're 100 right a lot of people will say because the guy says how do you succeed on anything if you do not have or feel the greatest impulse to achieve anything Mm -hmm. fear if you constantly tell yourself you're not afraid or something, then, you know, you might just be psyching yourself out of feeling the actual adrenaline or endorphins or whatever it releases in your body to then push yourself beyond that point where you thought you had to stop or you didn't think you could go beyond. So I am terrified 95% of the time. All right. I am constantly flooding my brain with negative, negative, Mm -hmm. negative thoughts about any aspiration I have or about any situation I walk into or any event I go to. Like 
you know, I, constantly I'm just afraid of things. But it's that fear that has me then prepare myself. Okay, so... All right, let's just say freaking... Oh, this is going to sound so stupid. But like, <laughs> like a zombie apocalypse. Okay. Right? Now, it, already we're like, okay, this is going to be ridiculous. But no. <laughs> how no. many zombie apocalypses start with a virus that circulates the planet? What are we currently dealing with? A virus that has circulated the planet. Honestly, I think I'd prefer... A zombie apocalypse <laughs> and COVID. I watched so many shows and movies, I think I'm prepared. Uh, so that's the point I'm getting at, right? Okay. Even with something as silly to us now, where it's like, that will never happen. Mm-hmm. Zombifying, zombifying is not a thing, you know? It, it is a thing. Ants do it. They literally do. There's, there's a virus or bacteria or another insect. I don't know exactly what it is, but it will literally get on top of an ant and burrow into the back of its head and it basically turns the ant into a zombie and now it is controlling the ant. And <laughs> I've never heard of this. And this is now going to sound morbid. <laughs> this is what Jeffrey Dahmer attempted to do when he was murdering 20 people. He was trying to create humanoid zombies. <laughs> <laughs> no, blowing your mind this at this moment. <laughs> my mind is blown. So you got people attempting it. You have mad scientists. They are real. Yeah. Right. And now we have another instance where there is a virus or plague or something going around the planet that is like, hey, for all the science fiction we have, this is the basis of it. Yeah. Right. So preparing yourself, even if it's for something silly like that, it's the same process as preparing yourself for something real. But you don't want to live in fear. No, but you do want to live with a healthy amount of fear, mm-hmm. right? If you fear nothing, then it's like, why would you attempt to win at anything? Like, yes. You know what I mean? like, there's actually, I don't know. Do you know the show, The Challenge? No. Okay. Well, there's a show called The Challenge. It's on MTV, like one of their MTV shows. That's where why I don't know it. It's like, you know, Fear Factor where yeah, they yeah. do like crazy shit. Well, it's like mm-hmm. that, but a season's long worth instead of a different cast each episode. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's this one mm-hmm. girl who I really like and enjoy and follow. Her name's Tori. She has her own podcast on it. And it just reminded me she did a episode on fear. Mm-hmm. And she basically described it as an onion. Like the first layer is acknowledging what you're afraid of. Mm. Like in okay. a broad topic. Then the yeah. next layer is kind of narrowing it down to, okay, well, what are the pros and cons yeah. if it were to work out and if it weren't to work out? Okay. And then the third layer, it was to create one word. So she used the example when she was on the show. She said um, there was this one challenge she had to do. It's literally they're in a hall and they just run at each other, like in a tall, small hall. Sounds where- like college for me. Basically, (laughs) and they run at each other with like minimal padding and whoever gets to ring the bell on the opponent's side first is the winner. And she went up against a jacked girl and she's Mm -hmm. not the biggest, but she's strong. And she was like, she used that example and she was like, my one word was losing. Mm -hmm. And then she said that she self-reflected on it and said, well, if I lose, it's okay. Like, I'm, it's not like. I'm dying or like I'm just kicked off the show. Mm -hmm. So the way to make it better is to train harder to, Mm -hmm. you know, look back at the tape and see like what she could have done differently. So she tried Mm -hmm. to um, turn her fear 
into like a dice dissecting process, I guess you would yeah. say, and then turn it positive. She dissected end. what made her afraid about yes. losing. And so then she went and prepared herself for those things. Yes. Yeah. I Now that that example came to me, it was yeah. like one of my favorite examples that she did. And, and that's, I'm virtually saying the same thing. Yes. And that's what's exactly so, what you're saying. What's so mm-hmm. funny about what you just said, I have literally gone through that exact same um, circumstance, instance, event, whatever you want to call it. I literally went through that exact same thing. Me, like you, you, you're looking at me, you know what I look like. Yeah. So we maybe had quite a bit to drink in college that mm-hmm. night, but we were in a narrow hallway wearing minimal pads and I was going up against one of my really big jacked friends. We measured his kid's arms. They were, they were, uh, <laughs> he measured his arms. Well, he had almost like, you know, like, Oh, look at my 22 yeah. inch biceps. His were like 19. Oh my He's God. a big boy. So he and I went up against each other and the exact goal was to get the football behind that person. So this is what we're doing in the hallway. And I can't believe that that was the example you, you just brought. You have to watch it then. Yeah, I thought you were like kind of making fun. I thought I had told you that story at no. one point. <laughs> Why? It's literally a thing that they do on the show. Yeah. It's called Hall Brawl. Hall Brawl. It's the, yeah. And it's called and The Challenge. it's called The Challenge. It's and it's like MTV. the most, yes. Oh. But they have it on YouTube, like snippets of it. Yeah, I bet. But that's literally what they mm-hmm. do. And it's so funny because during that episode, she demolished the girl. And mm. like I said, the girl was jacked. She, as soon as they hit... The other girl went down like she hit her Technique. so hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did. Um, What is it called? I had she does this thing called Mindful Monday. So it's mm-hmm. like a mindfulness class on Zoom every Monday night. So it was live mm. when she was doing this. So okay. it was pretty cool. And it made me think of yeah. kind of how you're saying it, like an onion of fear. Yeah. Just got to pull back the layers until you narrow it down to that one word. And then you think about your solution. Absolutely. And for, for maybe this situation, if you were to peel it back and then the one word would be the nightmare. Yes. And then you can really look at it as, well, what about this nightmare is terrifying me? Yes. There you go. That is a good, a good explanation of that. Hmm. My next question Hmm. is, do you think the dream is actually obtainable? For ambitious people? No. Yes. Because you're always going to want something else, right? Um, But yes, the dream, depending on how you do it, like just say you're like, I want to, I want to get one book published. I want to put out a hundred episodes of my podcast. Like if that's the dream then Mm -hmm. for the current that you were, you know, whenever you establish that dream. Yeah. It's a hundred percent attainable. I mean, if you want to go incredibly simple, I want to wake up today at six o'clock. I want to be out of bed no later than 6.30. Mm-hmm. I want to do my 10 minutes of meditating and I want to bang, bang, by 12, right? You've achieved your dream by noon. Now, what's the next dream, right? If you think about it on that scale. Yeah, if you make it really small like that, yeah. which is which is My helpful. scale is not small. <laughs> what, no, but what I mean is like, so you know you're saying like some people like they really have a really hard time sitting down, sitting down and writing. Yes. Well, your dream for the day is let me get to from the top of the page to the bottom of the page. Now, where, where I'm at is I can sit down and say to myself one of two things. I'm going to productively work for two hours straight. Or I'm going to write 2,000 words, which is roughly four to five pages, right? Stephen King sits down and he says, I'm writing no less than 2,000 words. And I'm working for no less than three mm-hmm. to four hours a day. So 
he says now in like his 80s, I think he's in, he goes six pages. He doesn't do the word count anymore. He doesn't really do the time anymore. He says, I need six pages. So if that's 2,000 words or more, good. If it's three to four hours, good. Doesn't matter. I'm hitting six mm-hmm. pages. Okay. So every page is, might be a little bit different with some dialogue and stuff. So if you're journaling, six pages is a lot of journaling. And I think like the size of your journal right now is a pretty typical size of a yeah. book. It's like seven by five inches. Mm-hmm. You really shouldn't go much smaller than that because then you're kind of cheating that process. Yes. Okay. You want something big enough that when you actually get to the end of it, you feel accomplished. So if we are talking about journaling, if we are talking about um, smaller dreams that will eventually build up into bigger dreams or a bigger dream, don't cheat yourself. Okay, you're not cheating yourself by any means by having something this big. But if you were to have one that's like, I know the small you know, ones, like a three quarter the size, mm-hmm. like you'd be cheating. So it. would you say the journal planners are kind of cheating? No, not at all. Like like a prompt book almost, where it's kind like so on the, this day write this. Like is that what no, you mean? No, so it's the what the few examples that I've seen. It's a planner, like yeah. your regular planner. You write like what you have to do today, and okay. then there's a another section in like the top right that mm-hmm. says what is your affirmation for the day yeah and then it gives you one journal prompt so one question one thing phrase right. whatever mm-hmm. and then you just write like a paragraph or not even well don't forget about all the writing you did before that well that's what i'm saying that counts what too. if people don't do the writing oh you're talking about writing i'm talking like about your daily stuff yeah that counts oh, too okay. i mean to a degree it counts yeah you know, it's still sitting it's still thinking it's still writing Sure, it's not really creative in, yeah. in the same sense as, you know, sitting down and writing that paragraph, but you're still writing. It's still the process. It's still you putting, it's still you becoming comfortable putting a pen to on paper. a, yeah, yeah I, I was going to say on a page, <laughs> no, pen to paper or whatever yeah. you're using. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I feel like for me, I just have, like, I have a vision of myself where mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get there. Yeah. I don't know any of the in-betweens right now, but I, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I just feel it mm-hmm. in my soul that I'm going to accomplish a lot and be super successful. That when something comes to you, you're going to make the best decision possible for that time. And Hopefully. you're going to be constantly working toward that goal you set. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like I have that mindset, but my the thing I deal with is acknowledging steps that I'm taking. Like instead, like when I make a step, like for example, starting my podcast, it was Mm -hmm. a big thing for me, but it kind of was just like another thing for me, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like instead of saying like, wow, I just started a podcast, like I researched all this shit. Like, I don't know what the hell an XLR cable is, but now I know what it is. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's hard for me Mm -hmm. to... And I talked about this, I don't know if it was my last episode or two episodes ago, that it's important to acknowledge each step you take. Like, I think it was my last episode when I was talking about getting your dream body mm-hmm. or what you think is your dream body that you can't just look at a Victoria's Secret model or someone who's yeah. super skinny and be like, that's what I want to look like. Mm-hmm. And then it's three to six months later and you've only lost like five to 10 pounds. And not only if you don't have that body. Frame. Like if you don't have that frame, you're not going to look yes. like that. So you're going to look like your version of that. Yeah. <laughs> and which it, is probably, you can't get there. No. <laughs> I mean, well, Unless you're built like that. Exactly. Right. But. So when it comes to these things too, it's like put it into perspective for what and who you are. 
not so in college my my um the commencement speaker mm-hmm. his message was know your limits that was his message like know your limits work within those limits it was a very like humbling thing to hear but it was also a fuck you yeah know my limits <laughs> My limits now are not going to be the same limits in five years. Mm -hmm. My limits in five years aren't going to be the same five years from then. So so I had to like really work my way through the know your limits thing. So it's the same with just with your body too, right? Know your limit. If if you need to lose 30 pounds and you want to do it in six months, well, you can do that. Okay. But what's your limit getting there? Are you going to be able to do that clean diet three times a day, decently sized protein meals? You're going to be able to push off sweets. You're going to be able to work out for at least 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Like if your limit is, well, I physically don't enjoy working out more than for an hour. I don't have fun doing that. Mm -hmm. I eventually get into my own head and now I'm actually speaking from experience. I get into my own head and go, I would love to be doing anything else right Mm -hmm. now. I've never felt runners high. I've never (laughs) felt lifters, whatever they want to call it. And this is all during that time where, where I was hitting my PRs where, where one of my big goals was I want to be able to, um, I want to be able to rep 225. I had finally got there. I did it for five once in my life. I didn't have a goal afterward Mm -hmm. and now I can't even remotely do that anymore. I feel like that scenario happens a lot and then it kind of makes you think like, should I even set a goal? See? So it's like, if you go, well, my limit is this, this is what I can do with my body. Well, once you get there and you like, now you've reached your limit, what do you do next? Well, you have to have a goal for when you reach your limit. So this is that self-reflection stuff again. Okay, what type of person am I when I'm setting this goal? Am I somebody who, once I hit that 225, am I going to spend the next 10 years going, I benched 225 one time in my life? <laughs> are you going to be that guy? Or are you going to be the guy who goes, I can still bench 225? Right. And two, I feel like a very, lot of people yeah. just fall off. Yeah. Well, that was something we were, we were, we were talking about. It's similar to something we were talking about uh, before we started recording and everything, where um, a lot of people look at things from just two perspectives, right? There's my perspective and then the other person's perspective. There is the truth and then there is the lie. There is the fact, fiction, like stuff like that. The One of the main points of this article is to be able to look at things from three different perspectives. Okay, you have your truth, their truth, and then the truth. Just like you have the nightmare, the current, and the dream. Mm-hmm. Just like you have morning, afternoon, night. Beginning, middle, you see what I'm, see what I'm yes. getting at? Mm-hmm. If so much of our lives are are based around beginning, middle, end, why would we only look at things from beginning and end? Where do I want to start? Where do I want to finish? That might be the issue you're running into. That yeah. was the issue I ran into. Uh, where I just was like, well, this is what I'm at. This is what I'm able to do. That's where I want to be. Okay, well, where I wanted to be actually turned out to be the middle for me. Where I was like, I want to be able to do this. But in the end, 
of my lifting life, I want to still be able to do that. Therefore, the goal shouldn't be 225 for a few. Mm -hmm. It should be 250 for a few because then I can now do 225, no problem. I got to go beyond the limit I set for myself. Right. So having the, the perspective when you, when you go, there are three sides to everything. That really opens your mind to then being able to see things on a very broader perspective. Seeing more than just my perspective and then the outsider's perspective. Yeah. Well, now you got to go the outsider and then the other outsider. And then the person who doesn't know me, how are they going to look at it? You, if you can start doing things like that, and it just comes from preparing yourself. Mm-hmm. YouTube University and podcast <laughs> college are very real. I know. They are very I'm real. Attending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a student currently. <laughs> so you, I think this is my last question that I have, mm-hmm. which we kind of already talked about. So I, like I said, had I mentioned before that people find it difficult to put a pen to paper mm-hmm. and when I asked you, like, is there any other ways that people could do it? And you said to write for themselves. Mm-hmm. Is there any other way like people could self-reflect? Like, I feel like I sometimes self-reflect mm-hmm. when I'm just sitting and listening to my thoughts and kind of understanding why I'm having these thoughts yeah. and what I can do about it, depending on what the situation is. But I don't necessarily put a pen to paper. Would you still okay. say that's self-reflecting? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you um, do that? Very much. Very much. I, I'm always trying to put myself into situations where um, I, I'm currently working on a piece about how scary movies can prepare you for real life. Now, Really? Yeah. Well, think about it. You may never be one of those people who really experiences a scary movie situation. I would hope not. Yeah. <laughs> but you might be one of those people that something similar or lesser were to happen you're not the one panicking Mm -hmm. you're the one who goes sure i saw it in a movie but i did real thought about it i did real research i actually put my home into account so just say there was like i've woken up and to a random man in my apartment before i've woken up to that and this is literally what i did opened my bedroom door I saw a random homeless man standing in my living room and I was like, Hey, what's up? That's literally what I said to him. A hundred percent. I stood, I, I was, I was in my uh, shorts, t-shirt. Luckily I had no socks on in case of a scuffle, but like I just looked at him and I didn't show fear that he was there Yeah. because I've a million times before thought about what would I do if somebody's really in my apartment? Am I going to cry, cower? Am I going to run away? What am I I going to do? Well, if he's already made the decision to come into my apartment, he's already probably assuming somebody is in that apartment. All right? Based on the time of day is why I'm saying that. Mm -hmm. So, sure, there may be times where you'll maybe a million situations never experience, right? But preparing yourself for them is something that I think is incredibly important. So whether it's not being able to sit down and write and just say it's on a day where you don't want to write. But if you're writing in your head, you know, you're going into very deep thought that this is something I could write down. Mm-hmm. You're not technically writing, but, you know. You're acknowledging it. Yeah. Like, I feel like that happens. Yeah. I've gone through, like, shit with people who are close to me this mm-hmm. past year. And in those moments, mm-hmm. 
obviously the I would acknowledge the first emotions that come anger yeah. upset sad mm -hmm. devastated whatever and then I would be like okay all of these emotions are valid peel back but let's those. think yeah. yeah it's I it all kind of revolves around that yeah. her onion um was a metaphor sure and onion and feelings yeah metaphor yeah and then I would acknowledge like give myself the okay like you're okay to experience these emotions but oh that's a big part of it by the way yes that yes is. that is and a huge that's part something of very difficult mm -hmm. to do especially when you're in like the heat of the moment type of oh, situation yeah. like oh my god i want to punch you right now mm -hmm. and then it's like okay relax yes you can be angry mm -hmm. yes you can be upset but you can't dwell on those emotions something that a lot of people should do and i think i think i've made it to that point where i'm just like it's okay to be upset and whatever has happened has happened, but you got to move on from a, it. A lot of people think it's not okay to feel certain emotions. Mm -hmm. That is actually something I very much teach in my classes, especially when we do uh, free right Friday. That is um, something I, I, any, any teacher, whether you're math or science, I implore that you do that. Do a free right Friday. Let a kid write about anything they want to write about. And one of the main things to tell them is there's a big difference between, you know, people looking at you for, you know, as if you're weak when you cry or something, right? Or they are not strong enough to allow themselves to mm -hmm. cry. There, there's a big difference, okay? And I, I think one of the things that's really starting to help now is like avid sports fans, when championships happen, when great feats happen, how many of them are you seeing cry? <laughs> it's kind of scary. It's scary. The people who break their televisions and stuff. What do you mean? You never seen that? Like when their team loses, like the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, I meant the actual athletes. Oh. <laughs> I meant the actual athletes. <laughs> I think about people who take it too seriously. And I'm like, no, okay, no, their no. emotions are not valid to do that. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> That's where so, I was going with that. Yeah. I mean, if, if this was a, a therapy office, you would never want anyone to be like, your emotions are not valid. But, <laughs> but, but you broke a 70-inch TV because your team lost. Yeah. If you got the funds to pay for it, then you know what? You're still an idiot. But okay. <laughs> so so my point is like uh, Rose Namajunas, right? You may not know who she is, no. but she is currently one of the greatest fighters in the UFC of all time. This girl balls her eyes out after nearly every win. And what I'm loving now is that there are uh, commercials, okay? There's, with, with social media, they're posting these pictures. It's not always the, you know, the mean face. It's not always mm -hmm. the confident. It's sometimes they go, look at how emotional Rose got. Or look at how emotional, um, what I think Pete Alonzo, who happened to win the, home run derby yesterday he was emotional i don't know if he was like physically crying but he was i, I remember seeing him wipe out his face so whether it was sweat or not but the point is is i had thought immediately was he's crying because he's really happy that is something that i think is now because of social media because of mass media and it's not just in newspapers like it used to be a lot more people are starting to see that being emotional as long as you're in control of your emotions is a positive thing so Allowing yourself to feel that way is incredibly important, all right? Don't let it screw up your whole day no, or the yeah. next move you make mm -hmm. or the next five, but 
you are more than allowed to, you find out a girl is cheating on you. You walk all the way back to your apartment in the middle of the winter and you go sit on your bed, you lock your door, you put on your TV and you bawl your eyes out for 10 minutes. You get up minute 12, go about your day. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. Go and do it. It's something that's not yeah. discussed enough. I feel like, and I feel like that starts in the house holds a lot of the times. I, I would be on the side of that. I'd a be lot. on your side on that. Which is why I think I was always so deep in my emotions because it wasn't ever expressed to me that it was okay to feel like mm-hmm. that when I was younger. It was I, always like, why are you feeling like yeah, that? Yeah, I remember my no, first no instance. No shame against my yeah. parents, but yeah. it was always like, get up, like go. Yeah. Like keep going, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I was never given like a ha ah, day or an ha ah, hour. Mm-hmm. What is that anyway? Like you just, ah. Oh, that's like a, re- a relief sound? Yeah. Like okay. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that like is. An, I, that's, <laughs> I said it to someone else the other day too. And they were like, what? I always say like, mm. I need a ha ah, minute. Sure. Sure. Or an ah time of the day. <laughs> you yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I get you now. Yeah. So and I feel like as a parent, like when I do have kids mm-hmm. and if they're like, I'm sad right now, I'd be like, okay, take your ah uh, minute, feel sad. And when you're ready, like, let's go play a game or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or even talk about it. Or talk about which it. Which is huge. Which is really, really huge. Do you feel like it's necessary for that? Maybe at that age, yes, they should talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you don't have to always talk about what no, you're going No, not every that. emotion, yeah. sure. Like, kid stubs his toe. Well, why did it hurt? Because my freaking bones just collapsed <laughs> on himself. Like, you don't have uh-huh. to talk about that. But... There are those moments where I do believe as a parent, as a professional who may be in charge of other people, you know, even younger people, Mm -hmm. you will catch on to the moments where this is something we should probably talk about. Have those conversations for sure. And I like I was I was going to say for like two seconds, like I literally remember probably my first moment where someone told me, you know, it's okay to cry, right? Like, you know, it's okay Mm -hmm. to feel that. Never forget it. My dad had pulled like a muscle in his leg or something and he was bawling his eyes out. He was in so much pain and we found out the muscle tore off the bone. Like it was bad. Mm-hmm. And I I guess I had a face on. I don't know what face I was wearing, but I had a face on and we had just dropped him off at the hospital. He was going to get whatever done. My grandpa was then taking us to go get sandwiches or something. And he... My brother got out of the car, and before I got out of the car, he grabbed me real quick. He goes, you do understand it's okay for men to cry, right? And I was like, yeah, I know. He goes, well, then when your dad's feeling that way, don't make that face, because that's going to make him feel worse. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what face. <laughs> like, And that was like going through my head, but I, I yeah. just said, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I was like 14. That was like one of the first times in my life. I remember someone telling me, It's okay to cry. Yeah. Like, it's okay to feel emotion. It's okay to feel pain. All right? Especially with men, there's that stereotype there. Oh, yeah. It's called the male guise. G-U-I-S-E or something like that, where you always got to be mean mugging Mm -hmm. and shit. Like, yeah, there's a lot of studies out about that. Yeah, we definitely have to turn away from that. Oh, yeah. Because then at least the toxic. Yeah. yeah. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I think that was a great episode. I liked it. I liked it too. <laughs> I think it flowed really well. Yeah. So that is about the time. If you guys have not checked out his article, it's all three of me on Muse. It's under the Mind Soul section and it is the first featured article on there. So make sure you check it out. And yeah, make sure you want to put your Instagram handle on there. It's like something weird now. Yeah, it's right. No, no, no. That That's my personal one. Oh, you have another one? Yeah, my right now, Nolan. I don't think I follow that. Oh, great. I think I have to (laughs) Now I can reveal I I haven't yet listened to your last episode. (laughs) (sighs) Fine, we're even now. Yeah, we're even. (laughs) But I really should. Like, yours, yours, the the first few that I heard, like, even your intro was interesting. It lasted three minutes, but I was like, "Uh, oh, that's over? Fine. (laughs) Let me go to the next one. And I just remember I was driving back from a cafe. I listened to the whole thing and I put it on again. And I was like, okay. Oh, all right, cool. And like, you know, you got something both Yeah, times. I'm trying to get better with each episode. Well, you yeah. are. Thank you. Yeah. And I actually think this one went really well. Good. And it went past almost at an hour. There we go. It's like perfect timing. So put <laughs> your Instagram handle on there. Yeah, well, right now, uh, right now, Nolan. That's really what it is. Right at, now, Nolan. Yeah. So Spelled like W-R-I-T-E. Yes, yeah. right. And then if you guys don't follow me yet, make sure you follow me at Mariah Mar 328 Thanks, guys.